dog days are over, the dog days are gone. Can you hear the horses? Cause here they come. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. That, of course, is home appliance enthusiast Florence. And the machine. And uh, well, I don't know what kind of machine it is. Probably one of those Keurig things. Have you tried, tried one of those? I, I haven't. It's yet, one of the coffee things uh-huh. there. Well, anyhow, uh, you don't need it here. Everybody's got coffee for you. Yeah. Lined up. I waited 30 minutes for a cup of coffee down here. Anyhow, <laughs> if it's what I exclaimed when I the, found out that the G train was up and running again, then this must be Dale Radio. And I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver. And you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And, oh my, she was mighty and swollen recently, our little Gowanee, so I find myself way out on the western shores, out here where the air smells like the breath of a baby koala, out in San Francisco. My old stomping grounds, and I'm here with a dear friend, one of the elder statesmen of the Bay Area comedy scene now, aren't you, just by sheer force of will? Yeah. James Richmouth, how are you, sir? I, I'm good, Dale. Thank I'll you for your hand. Me. Thank you. Yeah, nice to have you. Thanks for coming up to uh, the spacious suite up here on the 22nd floor. I'm a little surprised at how nice your digs are, Dale. I'm a little surprised. It just takes a firm handshake and a wink down there with a concierge, and you get some things going for you. I guess so. You have furniture in the middle of your room. Yeah, that's an unusual feature. That's (laughs) one of the things I request. (laughs) Did you get a discount on this room or something? Well, I I said as long as it has a view that can be blocked. Yeah, right. That's what I Well, they the, gave you that. They, yeah, they really did. You cannot see anything from here, can so you? So for the, for the home, home listener, there's a bit. When you walk in, there's a bed, and then there's a huge what, credenza, I guess, of some kind, with an uh, enormous television screen, some 90 inches across. Yeah. And, and then, then there's a, sort of a living room area that we're in now, and right. then the windows. Uh-huh. So it's, uh, it, it effectively divides the space, I guess. If you had a large family in here, you could be okay with some uh, privacy. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's unusual. Yeah, I haven't seen anything <laughs> like it. And I, I, I think there's probably a good reason for that. I, uh, I, uh, I like it, Dale. I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm, uh, you'll probably see those in Ikea soon. <laughs> Put them together for yourself. What time do they close? <laughs> So, Annie, you know, uh, how you doing? I'm doing great, as a matter <laughs> of fact. Things are good? Yeah, they are. You, you got it. And, of course, you're one half of one half of Casper Hauser. That's correct. And that's, that's correct. Uh, one of the great comedy things that are going out here. With ske- what do you call it? Sketch comedy? Yeah, we. I guess you would call it sketch comedy. We. I mean, honestly, I now sure we call would. ourselves. <laughs> I just did. I, uh, I, because the sketch comedy is held in esteem slightly below the model railroading community, I... <laughs> We, we got rid of Troop a long time ago and replaced it with Group. That was a smart move. That was an upgrade. But uh, because we've done less kind of actual sketch recently now, we just call ourselves a comedy group um, because we've become, I think, a little less classifiable. Right, less because you've got things going in a lot of different uh, platforms yeah. and that kind of a thing. Yeah, I think like a, like a lot of people in comedy now, it seems like you've, you've got, I don't know what the best word is anymore. I was thinking about the difference between a comedian and a humorist now. Yeah. Um, because there are media that never existed, and now you're doing seven different types of things, and you don't really specialize. And you've got podcasts and videos and live sketch and books and 
so it's an empire, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> it is. Of, it's a, we all have to become our own brands and our own channels. We're all like our own network that the, we're just putting out material. That's with. right. And you, of course, worked in so many different ways with the other other fellows in the group. There's four of you, as I said. And uh, uh, you got things that are going online, of course. You've been early adopters of that, I think. Probably some of the first to really use that as a means of comedy and of a, a, a thing to critique and to make fun of and to use satire about. I, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> you know, I, I think that we... Yeah, I guess if you just look back at it by sh just by our sort of... Well... By forming group in 2000, it would almost be sort of inevitable. Right. You just and sort of and in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Right. You had to take the Craigslist Absolutely. on, and then you do a funny parody of that. Which Absolutely. But people, yeah. well, people love it already. People will be familiar with it. I'm sure Thank it's you. bookmarked in browsers across the country. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you know that you've made it. And uh, uh, and then you had another, we had a wonderful thing recently that, what was a, like a fake company thing? Wonder Glen. Oh, Wonder Glen. Yes, well, of course. I enjoyed that. I'm glad. That was I'm a glad. Fun, you just keep going down the hole with that. That was the point. I'm surprised. <laughs> I think you're the only um, unstoned person over 20. I didn't think anyone would have the kind of... like uh, Teenage boys have the power to keep clicking and going into more and more and more detail because Wonder Glen was, a, was, a, was labyrinthine. You know, yes. it really was... For the you had to be motivated, but it was hopefully there was something there that there were a lot of nuggets for the people who really oh, kept digging. Absolutely, there was. Well, you just it was a, a company that you set up, and then you'd have the characters and go through, and they yeah. had it was as if it was the private site of the intranet, exactly, if you will, made public. And uh, boy, well, you just had a lot of fun. I had some afternoons that I had. Uh, I'm glad. It's <laughs> clicking. Clicking away. Clicking away. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun there. And uh, uh, another, you know, I was thinking of you because I flew out here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the opportunity. I, you know, I fly a, a fair amount with uh, work. Work uh -huh. with, uh -huh. uh, where I hand out the flyers and things <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> right. I'm often sent to be the representative at conferences for various distributor, distributors and things. Right. Uh -huh. Entertainment distribution network. Mm -hmm. What I am affiliated with. Anyhow, <laughs> I, was, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to um, uh, 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 upgrade because of my points up uh -huh. there to business class. Oh, is that right? You ever get involved in that? Honestly, I have never been in business class. Well, it's a nice middle ground. Between I, I can tell. I walk by it. I've seen it because um, sure. it's on the way to yes, where I sit. In yes. fact, you'll see. Yeah, you always see it. Yeah, uh, it's not in the back of the plane. <laughs> Neither is first class. So I've I physically laid eyes on you, both first class and business class. You've taken it in, uh -huh. and you know all be, the seats are actually so close together in the back because they've made extra room. <laughs> That's for, for more seats. I wasn't seats. even in an aisle. I yeah. was in between. They oh. staggered. Oh, so I there was like an aisle, and then there was a middle part, and then there was oh, more. Oh, right, right, so right. A, a yeah. beautiful layout and yeah. everything, and I had to lay, and they kept yeah. bringing stuff. But this wonderful fellow, old guy up there uh -huh. in a sweater vest, mm -hmm. he, said, he first sat down, he was the first guy on the plane, like, oh, my gosh, oh, gosh, oh, you look like a little, where's the guy, Jack LaLanne, like, like that yeah. little fellow. And I didn't want to be in the bulkhead. I didn't want to be next to the bulkhead. I don't want to put my things under the seat. Ah! And, you know, the stewardess comes back, and they try to move him on. Anyway, he ends up staying there the whole fight. He was fine, and we had a good chat at the end of it. But I like to watch people get so upset, like, 
I mean, he's 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 gonna get there. It's fine. Yeah. Uh huh. He did. What did you need from your bag? No, you're nobody right. was sitting next to him. He could just have the bag next to him. That that's that that is the lesson, isn't it? Just, it's one just, of the key lessons. Just bring it down. You're gonna end up in the same place either way. That's right. I mean, and I don't just mean dead. Right. You know, I right. mean right in the short term. I actually, I have a kid right now. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, and we have to give him back in six months. <laughs> uh, 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 at any rate, he uh, he's teaching me a lot of that. You know, like you, you get a finite number of experiences as a parent to kind of manage a, a really a, a really frustrating situation without things like sarcasm. Yes. I, I, I like I. And I'm starting to think of it that way. Like, okay, I might only get 144 chances to not be sarcastic <laughs> with my one-year-old. Um, so I'm going to try to go like 144 and yeah. and two. You know, like, um, and I have thrown some things at the wall. So is my brother. Um, mm-hmm. I have a twin brother. He's got a kid too. So he threw a, a bottle at the wall. You know, and I've thrown a onesie at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but you know the, what you're talking about, Dale. That whole thing of like all that extra emotion and pain, et cetera, has is, is, seems like you're just. That's the part you're choosing because the rest of the stuff is, kind of happening no matter what. That's right. That's right. And now that you you and your twin both mm-hmm. have children, but they are not twins. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. But you want to hear a genetic fact that's kind of crazy and true? Yes, I, of course. The, the kids, of course, you do. <laughs> that's why I have a podcast. That's right. The children of identical twins, the the cousins, right? Yes. So my son and his son are half siblings genetically. Boy, that's creepy. It is. Yeah. It is creepy. And so now, in the rare circumstances where identical twins marry identical twins, there these cousins are full siblings, genetically speaking, because. Genetically and grossly speaking, there there is no genetic difference between myself and my and my, my twin brother. So these cousins are half siblings. That's true, isn't it? But then, if you think about half sibling that you had, or you know, or have, or you, that your listeners have, yes. they probably realize that their closeness or separateness to to a, a half sibling has more to do with like whom they were raised with, etc. I mean, mm-hmm. half sibling isn't usually this incredibly strong genetic bond, but but it is true nonetheless. Well, I want to say hello to all the half-siblings listening out there today. Maybe you could dedicate a show to half-siblings. Well, half a show. Oh, yeah, well, because nobody, I don't know, it's just they don't get the now, is, is it just, I feel like, are you, are you yelling at me? <laughs> or are you just... I have a thing I about feel, that. I feel as if you're speaking loudly at me, and we're, we, there's, it's okay. We got this here, it's yeah, right here. I, I can move I it can, back. I, I know, you're not the first person... <laughs> To say that to me, um, uh, fast and loud. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how you my do it. Style, Dale. It is, and that defines your comedy early on. Is that right? No, I don't say so. <laughs> <laughs> but now, when did when did it, when did Casper Hauser start? I imagine you met your brother first. I met my brother in seventy. Uh-huh. Uh, he and I were at the same hospital, and uh, in August of seventy, I saw him there. We were in the same. Uterus, and uh, I don't usually use that word in podcast. Um, so no, John and I went to the same college, and we—that's true. Yes, and then we, uh, and then we met, uh, became very close friends with with two other friends, as you do. I mean. And then the four of so so the four of us knew each other since that undergrad. was reciprocal, is what you're saying. That's right. That's right. Um, and then, but it, we didn't get serious. I mean, I was always, I think, by the time I was eighteen. At about twenty, I decided that comedy is what, you know. And so, what were you? What were you doing there? What was the young James doing? You know, some kind of theater, or were, were you on that track, or were you? Doing you know, something actually, 
What happened is that I was pre-med since, since my teenage years, pretty early on, mm -hmm. and I stayed with that track, and I did some theater right at the end of college and had this, I have to say, kind of painful experience of, because it was my senior year, and I did a play with my brother that, um, and I remember sitting there like before a performance, you know, in the mirror, putting on the makeup and just going, this is what I wanted to do. There you go. But I did not really have the momentum. I mean, I had all of this momentum towards medicine and, and, I, and a love for it too. I think the crazy thing is that I really always wanted to be the most serious and the most comic person at the same time, really. Mm -hmm. And so I went to medical school and, um, and I, I had this burning thing. I mean, if, if you were unfortunate enough to be my friend during those years, you were hearing about how I was supposed to be doing comedy. And before I did it in a group form, I didn't get anywhere. I did stand up a few times, uh, with, with one exception, that was doing a movie with Gabe Weissert uh, mm -hmm. called Fishing with Gandhi that John and I and Dan Klein did that was written and directed by Gabe. and You can almost hear the audience clapping for it. Guys. I hope. I hope. <laughs> they recognize it. Yeah, yeah. That was a big hit. That was a big cult hit. Uh, it, it, Wasn't I, it? At least around San Francisco, it certainly was. I, there was I, a lot of buzz around it. I will say this. We were, we were very pleasantly surprised by the response that it got because I think that in general, or like a lot of things we do, there's a lot of passion. Even if the, if the numbers are not high, what we hope to do is to hit people in a way that is hopefully really, really intense or personal for them with our comedy. Mm -hmm. And we really got that from Fishing with Gandhi for the first time. And that was, I think, when I was in residency when that debuted. Um, and I got the day off. I remember because it was, <laughs> that was 14 years ago last week. And oh, wow. it premiered at the Roxy here in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And it was a great premiere it was a great it was the kind of thing that you dream about even though it was on this absolutely micro indie level it was absolutely the kind of thing that you dream about now going back though what kind of what was the stand-up like the stand-up what were the jokes about well they were they tended to be about the things that we joked about in college i mean what we joked about in college was the things we were studying you know in fact what we did what i did is essentially force feed myself Facts, which is what you were doing in college, anyways. And as a be a you know a science major, biology major, you'd take a class like Human Origins. You know, it was this great class that was there about the state then of of hominid evolution. You know, and you were learning about all these different uh, these different fossils, and and you would cram all the stuff, and then at night you'd go to a party, and you know you'd have a couple of beers, and it would all come out in the form of this like surreal. So it was very content. So my, That's probably good with the ladies, too. It was a huge, yeah. Some hominid evolution. Yeah, I was able, and I, was, I, I can't believe this, but I was able to go my whole life without ever using a condom. And that's something that I, you know, and there were pregnancies. You know, there, there were other unfortunate outcomes. But These I was, things happen. Yeah. But I'm proud of that. As you should be. <laughs> um, no, so, so stand-up was sort of like that. I mean, I remember that before doing a little stand-up here before Casper Hauser, I just I had picked up a Bible. I'm not a Bible-reading person usually, but there was one. I read it, read some Old Testament. There was a list of uh, 
I didn't realize that the list of animals that you were not supposed to eat that's in Leviticus is actually quite detailed. And, <laughs> and it includes a bunch of other animals you may never have heard of now. And so the premise was basically that if you were on this list, this list of 14 animals that were essentially like grandfathered for all of history to never be eaten again. Right. And if you could get on this list as an animal, you were... <laughs> You know, you were golden you were in like the clear. thousands of years. And and if not, and then the other thing is, is like, is when that, four, when that 14 animals came out, you know, who was going, oh, no more eagle. You know? Right. No more ossifrage. Some sad sack. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm, like a, I'm a man of faith. But it's like, you know, ossifrage, it's like you like to come home at the end of the day and cook up an ossifrage mm -hmm. sure. uh, or you know and there's there's stuff in there the coney you know the coney is a, uh -huh. a dog creature yeah no this is old testament a foot yeah it's a kind of a rabbitish like oh. biblical rabbit and um so there's a bunch of stuff you can't eat and some of the things are tempting to eat and some they needn't have put on the list <laughs> right i'm good yeah. i'm good with that yeah so that's what my stand-up was like well it sounds very successful it well it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, stand-up is, is it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard work. It, I think there's no fast track to it. Yeah. I think that's part of it. And so so after Fishing with Gandhi, when Rob Bedecker and I... The great Rob, huh? The great Rob. Oh, what a character. Yes, he's a character. Um, I said, let's do a sketch troupe. He said, yes. What happened, actually, is that we had missed our start. We were on the BART going to a baseball game mm -hmm. at the the Giants game down here. And we missed our stop. And if you miss your stop, you end up going underneath the bay oh, to the other side. Yeah, it's not dangerous. <laughs> uh, you're still in the in the still, actual still contained. There are other oh, stops. Oh yeah, God. There. Oh yeah, I, we weren't. You're just, not propelled into a no, tube. No, no, not just into no. the water. Um, uh, you're. It's pressurized under there completely. You're you're breathing. It, it is safe to go almost <laughs> normally. At any rate, so I, if we hadn't missed that stop, because that doubled our return completely sure. and, I asked him, and that was it working with somebody it it took this this sort of our pro my productivity to a much different very systematic level I, I guess I had to have someone to be accountable to but just on the BART ride what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> so you, it doubled your time but how did that exactly lead to the I, I felt the story was clear <laughs> I, I I'll do. check the tape. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> I'll you listen can. to it. Or you can All stop right. it right now if you want. No, no, the Bart ride, like, Rob is somebody I always wanted to work with. The uh -huh. thing is, is that, so these guys from college, it's not like I, they were just my friends. They were also people that, you know, if I was ever going to assemble, you know, my kind of comedy dream team. Right. This is how I think, right? Like, my all my 20s. It, it would it would include Rob and Dan Klein and John and, and probably people like Gabe, you know, that, that were, you know, it, humor was what banded us together. And I was like a lot of people, you know, it, it's, it, that's your thing, you know. And, and so to work with John and Dan and Gabe and Fishing with Gandhi, and then to take Rob, and I think I also had this, after fishing with Gandhi, I had this desire. I never said this to Gabe, but I kind of had this desire to show that I could all, that I could do it without that, you know, just totally on my own. Right. Um, uh, I say on my own, meaning with those three other guys, <laughs> um, who's but without the nagging influence of Gabe. Of Gabe. Yes. But the the contribution of Dan and John has been 
extremely disappointing. <laughs> and um, I mean, you could, I mean, John's role in the troupe is basically, I guess, just to stumble around an airport. You know, like, I mean, John, John's, for John, being in Casper Hauser mean, meant this. It meant, what time is the flight? What time is the flight? Is somebody getting me? You know, that that's what it was. Right. He's just eager to be in a plane. Exactly. Yeah, and then go he, someplace. And, and in a play. Like, he thought he was going to be going to be in a play. You know, right. hey, we're going to be in a play tonight. Um, <laughs> and so you got going in from the, from when, what, from day one you had the Harlequin outfits? Yeah, as a matter of fact. We that was like your thing. It was. It was career suicide, <laughs> but it was our thing. Because you'd all come out in these uh, yeah. Pagliacci exactly. kind of uh, uh, costumes. Exactly. And do your, but it didn't matter what the situation was. You always had the same That's right. Thing. And it was, so first of all, we bought those costumes at, a, at um, uh, House of Humor, Redwood City. That's where I would always go for my <laughs> stuff. I basically had They them. have the best. I had them on speed dial. And... <laughs> We bought those because John and I were at a house party, a Halloween party, and we did these two characters, like these like scare, really scary kind of clown characters, and we had two of those. <laughs> and Rob and I started Casper as just the two of us. We mm -hmm. did three shows without John and Dan, and so we just had the two suits. And it was just a purely arbitrary thing, and it had fascinating and unintended consequences mm -hmm. um, because we weren't trying to be radical. We, we really weren't trying to be avant-garde, especially if you were trying to be punk. You know, they're, they're, they're completely testosterone-less, you know, those suits. <laughs> yeah. like these were the black and white checkered satin with three pom-poms yeah. uh, yeah. down the chest. But they meant that we were no-tech, which was nice. And it wasn't just no costumes. It was no lights and no music. And so, even, so when we went to Edinburgh, which was 2002... There was no tech. We had this Australian tech who was hired, you know, and we she would fall asleep during the show or be drunk, you know, right. and she would play in house music that was their music, and then that was it. And so what we we would perform with a tent on the stage. Right, I remember. Yeah, and then so the tent was just your backstage. You would just go into the tent between sketches, but the but the the fascin the, the the part I found fascinating, and I'm I'm being serious, was that people projected whomever, you know, the, the face, the costume of the person that you were supposed to be, they just projected it right onto you. Mm -hmm. The suits became a complete blank. And it meant you could do jokes that were really unusual, that you couldn't do otherwise. There was a level of illusion in the jokes that became disallowed later when we were committed to characters. Right. Um, you got too specific with it. That's it, right. You filled in too many blanks. For yeah, yeah. And, I'll, and I'll give you an example. There's a, there was a, one of our earliest sketches that was really reliable was called Trevor and it was about this um, this kid who sort of so a, a, a mom a single mom is kind is driving a car and trying to impress oh no she's sitting in the passenger seat trying to impress a guy who, who who's taking her on a date with her son Trevor right, right. Trevor's in the back seat and he he's uttering out these he's acting out and saying just unspeakable things and she's putting him in timeouts well, Dan Klein is playing the mom and has a big, huge beard. Right. And they, but, but he's had the beard for the whole show, right? He's, and it hasn't mattered. And he's got this suit on, there's no dress or anything, no makeup, nothing. So then the cops pull them over. I'm, I'm, I'm the cop. 
and then I'm interacting with them, and then I, and then I say in passing to Dan, "That's a big, beautiful beard you got there," and the audience just exploded laughing <laughs> because the beard was gone to them. Right, and um, I thought that was fascinating. You 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 wouldn't do that. I mean, you I guess you could, but you wouldn't do that if you were dressed as a woman. You know, I don't think right dressing as a woman and then putting on a beard would be. That would be—it's <laughs> too far. I, it's, You're making too many choices. Yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. they call stacking the wax. That's, that's right. Um, and, that's right. <laughs> well, so and I, of course I have to. Uh, I remember going to see you up in Seattle, mm -hmm. and that sketch I think was there, and there was some, about a rip line, and somebody doing on a rip line or something oh, out yeah. in the woods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. Right. It might have been a deer head. Was, I, don't, I don't know what it was, was involved. Roy and Gill sketch. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were the two characters uh -huh. that you'd done in a couple iterations from Fishing with Gandhi. Yeah. Yes, from the from the acclaimed uh, film. But uh, but and I also have to uh, thank you for introducing me to Denitra, just as a name. I've always I often find myself thinking of if I'll be writing a little thing or something, and I'll think of trying to think of the lady's name. Denitra always comes first. And I say, my gosh, I can't use that. That's Casper. <laughs> It's just a, such a funny lady's name. And then I just have a moment where I think about when, how much I enjoyed watching Denitra. Those characters were um, originally Kirk and Sulu. That's what was so bizarre. It was another thing, you know, Casper Hauser was all about, like, you just, as long as you hide your tracks well, people will have no idea where you came from, but all the sketches come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing a, a troupe, an Oregon troupe, who I love, um, Third floor, Portland, and they had done a, a, a sketch which I did not know was a parody of the Neverending Story, <laughs> and it, that taught me something. Now I saw them do hundred things that I thought were brilliant, but I saw this n n not knowing anything about the movie, mm -hmm. and, and I thought it was the most brilliant thing I'd ever seen. I mean, there's this monster <laughs> talking to Long this dog. woman, and they're doing they're saying things that mean nothing to me, and I thought this is just un tethered right. to reality right. and that's where you that's kind of where you want to look right so as soon as i'm told later that it's a parody i go oh well that's great but it's not what i thought right and so whenever for example if we when we teach sketch writing or anything that's one of the things we get to you start you wander off and then cover your track so people don't really see and it looks like you came from nowhere mm -hmm. um so that was kirk and sulu doing that was something? kirk and sulu and originally kirk and it was a I mean, and that I would have to say is a much more hack is too hard of a word because you you wouldn't well only because in comedy like in jazz you can do standards right I mean if you could say well we can't do a couples therapy sketch that's hack that's not yeah. hack that's a standard if you add something to it great if you don't it's going to be hack right. um, but it was a couples therapy sketch between Kirk and Sulu and you'll hear when you hear Dawn's voice like it's the basic inflections still are basically Kirk. And Danita also is kind of... Yeah, now that you say that, yeah. So, so, so Danita would talk like this. She'd say, well, she'd be like, Dodd came home, and... And originally, you know, Sulu was like, I had warp factor five, Captain. And then they just became kind of like a trailer couple from Oregon, coastal Oregon, and they were extremely bizarre. Um and then Dan was this like really authentic, sincere kind of therapist, and I think I was going through couples therapy at the time. Oh, is that and right? And so I had some appreciation for 
for the I'm whole glad. setup and everything. I'm glad. Yeah, we're doing a sand tray and putting little. You ever do that? No, Maybe I haven't you've had been to. More fortunate. But, <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, you know, uh, a couple. Right? Right? I don't mean to turn the tables. Oh well, well uh, no, we've been divorced for a number of years, and uh, as I mentioned, I was out here for a wedding. Mm -hmm. A terrific fellow, John Walansky, got yeah. married to his sweetheart, and we were all happy about that. And he sat me at the table with uh, Ginny and Brian. A name that I've never cared for, and even less in this incarnation. But uh, that way we just pushed spicy nachos around on our plate for yeah. a half an hour till we got through some toasts, and then yeah. I was able to excuse myself oh, and, good. and go downstairs. But uh, she she uh, she looks great, and they're uh, just incredibly happy. And uh, you know, and I've got this going. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I get spend some time with you up in a hotel room. That's so true. that's. <laughs> Things are going great. Thank you. And uh, I, st you. you know, I still owe the guy. I'm going to pay him, the, the the counselor guy. He's somewhere down the down the beach here. That and, last uh, session, you never. They can never get you for that. Last uh, you session. know what he said? He said, "Well, uh, money is just like love and energy." And he just put it. I said, "Well, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close my right. wallet right now." <laughs> you know, a friend of mine actually, and this is true, had gone to couples therapy. And the therapist was wearing uh, some um, Jedi garb. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm out of there. Well, yeah. Are you? Uh, I okay, get another well, scent from me. I <laughs> guess that's how you, you know, select your clients is you should wear some Jedi stuff. And then you really, you've separated the cream from the. Yeah. But is this like Padawan style? <laughs> no, or is this, this is pre-Padawan. This is pre-episode five. <laughs> Well, this would so be just a human, comfortable, comfortable uh, robes. Well, hey, we, this would be a humanoid. No, no tentacles from the head. No, no, no. This would make back before we only knew one non-human Jedi. What well, human? No, but you know what I mean. Humanoid. Right, right, right. And that was Yoda. No face mask of squid. No, 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 of, no, no. That, that I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could focus on my life. Uh, you know, it's tough to work on boundary you know, issues. Yeah, well, it's I mean, that. Yeah, yeah. And also, although there might be something very normalizing about that. You know, like, imagine if you've got body issues sure. in your... I'll try to imagine that. Looks <laughs> like uh, uh, just a hideous thing from space. Yeah. You feel better, don't you? Sure, absolutely. You walk out of there feeling a little better. <laughs> you do. You do. Well, were there, were, there, uh, were there people that you grew up with that were a, a comedy uh, influence? That I grew Where'd up you grow up? Here? I grew up in Oregon. So oh, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. And, right. um, absolutely. That's a bit of an odd place up there. It is a little odd. In a lot a way, of space. A lot of space. Yeah. Not a lot of population. Mm -hmm. It's a funny state because it has, well, at any rate, I'm, I'm a very loyal, loyal Oregon person. I good, love it. Good and for you. I, uh, I moved from there when I was 16, and then I moved back there when I was 23 for another I really love it. You made a go of it up there? Was that for the medical stuff? Yeah, it was. I went to med school there. There's one med school in Oregon, um, in Portland. Um, and uh, so, yeah, growing up, I think of my parents as being very influential on me as a comedian, but not because they were, like, joke crackers at all, <laughs> you know, like... My mom did some vaudeville, you know, like she, she might spray you in the face, right. you know, the seltzer right. bottle, as she would, as a matter of fact, like almost every day, you know, every day. Yeah. 
and uh, you're like a young Buster Keaton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she and they put her away. Yeah. And, uh, but it was just like you know, like cigar, the black right, right. face paint, grease paint. So you can see why I look at that and I say, well, maybe that was a humor <laughs> influence, you know. And my my dad actually was a humorous, a funny person, like the kind of guy you look in his high school book and it's you know most humorous or whatever. But he was very much into uh, alternative energy, solar uh, physics kind mm-hmm. of stuff. He's a mm-hmm. physicist, inventor. And so I look at him and I kind of think like that's what he did. That was his thing. Like for me, that was comedy. I always wondered what would have happened if my dad instead was like, I've got to do comedy. <laughs> you know, because like, I could see that. You know, but instead he did, you know, science. And you're, sti- you're still doing medicine. That's correct. And you, what, what is the field? Of- I'm a psychiatrist. <laughs> Jedi no, robes. robes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no Jedi robes, um, although... Well, it depends on whether I'm ironed or not. <laughs> hey, um, but no, yeah, I've been doing psychiatry. Psychiatry is psychiatry is a as well as you can imagine, it is a fascinating, absolutely fascinating yeah. field. It is one of the richest fields. Of, and what what kind of client base do you have? All, all my my particular client base now, or in general, ever since residency, I've worked in what's called community psych, excuse me psychiatry. So that tends to be folks that are. Um, Seriously and persistently mentally ill. Not not doing therapy with uh, what we would call the worried well. I don't mean that in a, in a any kind of judgmental way. I just mean right. these are people with schizophrenia, bipolar, people whose illnesses have probably had a major impact on their life, usually not working, usually requiring assistance for their housing and those kinds of things. So the clinic I'm at right now provides those things too. It's what's called a full-service partnership. So I provide the medical part. But there's housing, case management, all all their basic needs. You know, you got to go to the dentist. You got to, you know, just somebody there to help you get all the basics. Get connected to what they need, and that's certainly an issue here in the Bay Area. It is surprise. Well, not is it just the good weather? I guess so. You know, I you can live outdoors the whole time. I'm not saying it's all a homeless population, but there's a. There is a large homeless there, population. There is a large There homeless. is a high degree of mental illness That's uh, true. in here. Absolutely. Uh, there's a large population, and there and there is a large visible population here. You right, know? And right. so if there's been kind of political issues in the city, it's been about essentially uh, the interface between, between the tourists and the homeless. I think that's the best <laughs> because they're standoffish. Uh, well, it's it's, been, it's very present. Yeah. I mean, I took the, I said, well, I'll take the F market. That'll be a nice mm-hmm. little cable car. Mm-hmm. Old timey thing, because in New York, we have the subways, and it is what it is, mm-hmm. but there's space, you oddly. You street car, don't you? Here? Mm-hmm. What did I say? On the F market, you said cable car. Oh, yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> street, what's it called? Street trolley? Street car. <laughs> street car, yeah, yeah, the old street car. Those are all PCC cars. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, is getting into model railroad territory. Yeah, I know. So uh, I get on one of those. I don't remember which one or its origin. I didn't read the story or this hold my didn't get the QR code. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then it's a it's very small uh-huh. and very public. And uh-huh. the guy gets on with two giant bags. Oh yeah. With the cans and they got them. It's milk spilling all over the place and people are stepping over. The, yeah. I got to go to a wedding. I'm thinking, uh-huh. well, when's this guy going to get off? Right. Should I get off in advance? Do I get? I don't right. want to step over this stuff. Yeah. Anyhow, we got off. It's all fine. But I just was uh, suddenly aware of how we're close to everyone. We had to stop for 20 minutes to let a fellow get on with the 
two, two yeah. fellas get on with the wheelchairs and the ramp and the this and the signs and the whole thing, and he's got the giant's gear. Okay, Dale. You know, it's just right. a lot. Are it's you, a lot. Is this, I mean, is, can this, I, is there a number yeah, I can no, call? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 911, you know, like, I mean. I mean, it's, it's real, but in New York it's different, is all. And, I mean, it's there and it's present, but it's just somebody sleeping at the far end of the mm -hmm. car and you walk to the other thing and you get off the next one. This is one, it's just one car. It, it, it's, it's a complex issue. It, I mean, it really is a complex issue. And there is not going to be a simple solution. The solution will be yeah. something that minimizes the suffering of all groups, you know, and it's going to be imperfect. You know, that's just the way to think of it. But could it be comedy? <laughs> it could. Or maybe some kind of a, a clever satire or something. <laughs> you can have that idea, Dale. That's yours. But you ever perform for, for that population? No. You ever go out there with No, no. no. Um, I think, that, well, first of all, I think I've kept those, my, my vocations deliberately separate. I, I don't. Uh, I don't advertise shows, even to my coworkers. Really, <laughs> can't imagine. I, I don't wear makeup to work. For example, I I forego a costume on Halloween if it's a weekday, um, unless it's something real subtle like a, I don't know, sexy zombie, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that you'll slip in there, yeah, right? I mean, if it's if I'm working in the ER, that's not disconcerting. You know what? It's not like they're paying me a million bucks. If I'm doing a ship in the ER, have I'm a little fun. A, either R two D two or sexy zombie, but I otherwise. I won't even wear a costume to work anymore. Um, no, I I, I, I I have kept the careers like very deliberately right. separate. You have to. You you have to, I guess, unless you go whole hog. I didn't want to be like you're Patch not, Adams. You're you know, not Patch Adams. I, that's right. And no, dis I don't know anything about Patch Adams. I know though that he <laughs> that I don't want to be him. A and B. That's you know that's exactly what I didn't want to say, Dale. Because I actually think that guy is probably doing something really good. He said, "Absolutely," and, and I mean that. Yeah, but there is some value to doing that, and of, of course, <laughs> and, and by our saying it, we're proving we don't believe it. <laughs> no, 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 it's just it's more. It, I think it's been reduced in the, the in the uh, popular imagination. You're it's pointing not, to your it's, nose. It's not just. <laughs> it's not just a big red nose. It's the whole program. <laughs> You know, and then I don't there's, know, there's a wig, tentacles or antlers or something. I think there's some kind I mean, of a I rainbow mean, wig. My place, the door isn't even hot. I mean, if you wanted to wear antlers to my job, good luck. But, but I never wanted to be the comedy doctor or the doctor of comedy. I never wanted to blend those. And I actually have had very, very few uh, sort of collisions between the, the two careers. I mean, an amazingly few. Um, like every now and then, uh, we might be in the paper for something, and one client or one coworker will see it, and and it always kind of surprises me. It's just it's just kind of nothing. It's like oh good, and we move on, and because I think I have a little bit of maybe insecurity that it would seem uh, undermining or not quite right, you know, to be a psychiatrist like me. Um, I did though have one thing that where the 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 dust the, the dust up wasn't very good. And it was I was doing Porchlight, the the storytelling series. I just had that Beth was on the show. Oh, great! Yeah, excellent. So, and I love to do Porchlight, and I had I was doing Porchlight about this very topic, mm -hmm. uh, the collision between psychiatry and and comedy, and I used an example of a client of mine in a, in another city, and I didn't mention the gender or anything, 
who had seen my brother and I on Crossballs on Comedy Central. We haven't been on TV a lot, but we were on that. And we were playing clones, identical twins playing clones, mm -hmm. of all things. And a client of mine with schizophrenia saw me on Comedy Central and was sitting next to his dad and said, that's my, that's my doctor right there. And called the case manager and said, I saw, I saw the doctor on TV. And it was no big deal. Case manager called me said, and I said, oh, totally tell him it's, that's what's going on. I do that on the side. It's fun. It's a hobby. The guy came in. Next time I saw him, he was super proud of me. It wasn't an issue. But because I was telling this story almost exactly like I told it to you just mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. and the audience, a porch-like audience, is appreciating the story, and they're laughing at the story, then it looks like I am kind of making fun of him or benefiting, right. making fun of him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. As a matter of fact, what he did had nothing to do with his illness or absence thereof. He saw me on TV. He processed it in a totally normal way. So I'm talking about a circumstance. And, and there's no more biographical detail than in an Oliver Sacks book. But I came off of off the stage and I had, had a very good response. came off the stage and a woman came up and was very, very angry with me and said, you can't do that. You, you're, she, you know, I think she mentioned confidentiality. Confidentiality is not an issue. There might be the appearance of that, but that's not even close. There was no issue there. But I learned that, you know, I, I would not do that again. I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I can talk about it here, right. but I wouldn't do that again uh, because the appearance was enough. It, it it was too close to the bone for people. Right. And right. Um, and can we give out her name? <laughs> we can. We can. <laughs> we'll put it up on the screen for you viewers at home. Um, now you've just done exactly what I. Uh, <laughs> Um, was saying I would. But what I got out of that story is that you own Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate you working that in. You got into Porchlight, you successful storytelling, <laughs> and you're on Comedy Central. So that's I wonderful. That, thank you. Let's focus on what's important. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, you, and I want to tie a, a couple of other things. And you, with the with back to the parenting thing, you're trying to be a funny parent now. Or are you trying to play it straight so that they? They draw on your ex their experience of you. Know, you. I'm wondering about that. I'm not trying to do anything, but my wife did. <laughs> I'm I bet she has something to say about, <laughs> about that. About my not trying. <laughs> Just a little. You know, occasionally you'll do something like you'll throw a diaper. Sure. Yeah. You know, and teach them a little nihilism because they're not going to get that from mom. <laughs> you know, a, a th breakup glass or something. Right. You know, that makes them realize that they're above the teacher and they're above the other students. <laughs> right. That they can act out right away that it's a dark reality out there. And so you just fast forward them straight to the Samuel Beckett level of, <laughs> of dark comic nihilism. But otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. Mm -hmm. No, I don't try to be funny or not. But but my wife did. I just try to be me. But but my wife did mention, she said, you know, she, the, you know how your kid will kind of sometimes have a crush on you and sometimes on your on your wife? Like, okay, they kind of go okay. back and forth. And, he's um, one? He's one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she said, well, you're more experienced. You make most. So, yeah, I'm doing voices and, you know, a tattoo. I'm from yeah. Fantasy Island. Sure. I'm doing give Mr. Him, Rourke. Yeah, give the references that, <laughs> that be relevant <laughs> to this young I'm life. doing Michael Caine. Yeah. You know, I'm doing, um, God, who is it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. You yes. know, he's never seen these people. So when he sees them, he, 
Can you follow me, Dale? Right. Can you see where I'm going? Yeah. They're going to think these people are imitating Dottie. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah. Not, no, see, I'm, I'm trying to not be sarcastic with them. That's true. And I'm trying to not yeah. be... Like, even if you yell at your dog, you realize that, you know, they're seeing that. Even if it's a dog, you know, if you're yelling, I'm going to put you to sleep. Right. You know, right now, like, and you have a syringe in your hand because you're a doctor. Right, that can they, be troubling. Yeah, you know, especially if you do it. You know, then the kid's like, okay, I can put. There are consequences. Sleep. Exactly. Is... There's no consequences. I think what you meant. Right. So, it's, you know, it's a dark world, and I wanted to know that. Yeah, get get so. on to it. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, are, are, uh, are you jazzed about the election? Yeah, I am. When is that? Is it <laughs> any day? <laughs> any Tuesday, day, right? Well, you know, I was really surprised. I will say this: I am not jazzed about the hatred that's going on right now, and I and I think it happens. Sure, I mean, it really happens both ways now. And can't we all just disagree? <laughs> you know, like really, I just wish we could get back to saying no. I disagree. Instead of uh, this, the level of fantasy right now is is preposterous. You know, it's just like there. You know, so at any rate, that part depresses me a lot. But I'm, a, I'm what I would call a progressive. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, but I'm kind of a lifeboatist. I don't really care. Uh, well, actually, that's probably putting it wrong. Like, I very much support a person's right to marry and all, and all of those things. I think the Republicans right now are, carry, are caring a little bit more about, like, what color tie you should wear on the lifeboat. You know, like, I'm just like, no sharp objects. You know, uh, that's how I'm thinking. Um, well, I'm going to Becoming more tangential as the evening. I appreciate it. Oh. I, I, for one, am going to miss Romney. Uh, I, I, I mean, one, I've always had a great head of hair. Uh -huh. Whatever he's doing, I want to, I want in on that. Yeah. And uh, I just, I hope that he and Anne are going to be okay. You know, that they find a good, an easy landing. I think they're going down to La Jolla. Oh, is that right? Where they're going to move in that big house they're building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, we, it's we nice wish him well. There. But now, after the first time that uh, Obama, mm -hmm. is his fellow's name, he was elected, uh -huh. you, you had the great, uh, he's not an easy comedy target. That's right. But you guys figured out a way to do it. And yeah. You, you had what it was, Obama's Blackberry. Obama's Blackberry. And a teleprompter was the sequel. Uh, well, uh, no, <laughs> we never did a sequel, as a matter of fact. Um, but did you do another book like uh, that? No. Not another Obama book. Oh, okay. No. That no. was just some right-wing deal. It could have been. Although... Um, but you say, you know, Obama was never an easy comedy target. He wasn't in our book either. You know, in, in the writing of the book, Obama basically became a straight man. And, you know, you read these Amazon reviews, and the book did well. Like, you know, it, uh, but for it to have really taken off, I realized when you do political satire, you have to scream on the cover which side you're on. If people mm. don't know, like, it was that book I'm proud of because it was, it was, Playful. It was really playful, and it was kind of made fun of both sides. But I mean, mm -hmm. we come from our side. We're San Francisco mm -hmm. progressives, you know. Mm -hmm. But Obama, partly because it's his BlackBerry, but he he ends up being the straight man, and it just it just it just fell out that way. You mm -hmm. know, it would be hard to do it otherwise, I think. Um, but now some of your targets, though, are also, uh, and this might be a uniquely San Francisco uh, privilege that you are in the in a place where you can comment on this thing. But Craigslist, mm -hmm. NPR, mm -hmm. Obama, these are things that are, yeah. if a right-wing person was looking for something, they would come after this and they could do a parody. 
However, it wouldn't be as well informed because those people don't necessarily <laughs> listen to NPR. I and think that's true. Craigslist and all that. So it's a it's a kind of a funny. Uh, you're you're looking maybe back little uh, middle way, but you're coming <laughs> from over here. I'm struggling for the visual of how this is working. Yeah, you're what's, but you're, you're having what's called an aphasia. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm here with a doc. Word finding that's what, that's what that and, I am. And, but no, you're you're absolutely right. And so, you know, the thing is this: our parodies, for the most part, they come from a place of uh, I love love. I mean, I don't want to get corny. I, I just can't think of a better word. They, you know, these are we are fans of these things, right? You know, and so our parodies tend to be. From like you said, from the inside, they they very much are from. We are from this world. We we sit in our cars on Saturdays, and uh, and listen to this American Life, just like everybody else in your driveway. Absolutely, <laughs> you know. And, 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 How are the kids going to have and, the prom? Right, and yeah. it's a mile long driveway. You know, <laughs> right. Well, you know. you're doing very well. Exactly. The book so, didn't do nothing. <laughs> that's right. So um, so they come from that place, and we've heard since. You know, like because we. We can kind of hear back through our tentacles, like what does what do the people at this American Life think about that? Are they angry with it? Like it, it matters to us. We don't sure. want Craig. Craig knows obviously about the Craigslist thing. We don't want those people to dislike us because we're not attacking them. We wouldn't because we like them. And right. Sky Mall's a little different because it's the kind of thing that we we said that it's it's something that you love but hate yourself for loving. <laughs> right. And that's when I started saying I was thinking of you traveling and we yeah. got into the bulkhead, fella. We're going to get into oh, Sky Mo. Oh, were we now? That was the set. So I'm glad we finally connected <laughs> those two. But, uh, yeah, because the, the uh, parody catalog Sky Mo mm -hmm. with a, a very dark undercurrent of a portrait of life. Yeah. <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> a particular <laughs> skew, I think. Uh, but but very deeply funny, deeply uh, disturbing. <laughs> Uh, as told through the them? slightly, yeah, through the through those uh, products, the, yeah. the, the the false products. But yeah. it's a you because you, you imagine the life that you would have to have to want to buy some of those things. I think just so. in the in the regular Sky Mall, you think, well, where am I at that I need to have a helmet that uh, you know right. uh, bombards me with some kind of ray to keep my eyebrows straight or whatever it would be. Uh, you know, that's not. That's a perfect example, but yeah, you know some of this stuff. It's like things you don't need anyway. Right. So where are you in your own life, or what level of luxury are you at, where right. you're also then buying something to house your luxury items? Exactly. So you take that to another well, a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's like already it's a symbol. I mean, I think I think that's what you're talking about. Like it, it's this kind of it's needless consumption as manifested in this certain way. It's also air travel, which. I mean, it's, it's no accident that those magazines are a direct, or those products a lot of times are directed towards like the professional travel, the salesman who, what, what is going on in his life? Well, he's separated from his family, probably more than he likes to be. And, and there's a little bit of Willie Loman definitely in the book. And, and then there's also this kind of sense of filling that emptiness with all the things that we do, like sports memorabilia and scotch and whatever. Right. And, um, but also we those were, are my two. Said, okay, we well one. That's both of those mixed <laughs> together. Um, the but also Casper Hauser has always, always I don't know why, always been after the striver. That has been kind of the you know like for me the ultimate Casper Hauser tattoo is the Olympic rings with the word beneath it 
almost. <laughs> you know, that that is Casper Hauser. You mm-hmm. know, and I I actually wore this ring that I had bought from a pawn shop on um, uh, on Mission Boulevard. I saw it in the window. And the ring just has the number 298. It has like a black onyx and it says 298 and that's it. So I had to go in and see what this ring was, this 298 ring. And then I go in, they show it to me, and it says American Bowling Congress, 298. That's score. And it's in, it's engraved inside, 1975. Someone bowled a 298 and bought this ring to commemorate the fact. Yeah. Well, almost perfect. Almost perfect. Now, the only way you can get a 298, the only way, it's not like there are several ways to mm-hmm. do it, is to miss two pins on the last ball. Not one pin. Uh, and, and when you buy this ring, you are also saying that you are never going to bowl a 300. <laughs> and so when I wear that ring, it, it that's Casper Hazard. Because 299, that's that's parody. Right. 298 is Casper Hazard to me. Like that was, you know, you're, you're, you've just decided that that's going to be it. And you're going to celebrate it with a stupid looking ring. Um, but so, and then what's the next target for you right now? The you next another target book is, business, coming is business. business. And, and so we have a new book that's coming out on 10 Speed uh, Random House in May, and that is called Earn Your MBA on the Toilet. And because Dale. I like it already. Well, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to out you here. I don't know anything about you. By all means. Well, but. I think you got a pretty well, good okay, idea of right. like Okay, so, all right. <laughs> People spend a lot of time on the toilet, and I'm not do. like I said. I'm not pointing a finger. No, no, no. no I don't. I, I don't have a stopwatch. Do you like getting calls, knowing <laughs> the person is on the toilet? No. Nobody does. I don't. No, think. no. That happens at the airport all the time. I'm sitting in there, and the the guy they're making phone calls in there. You can hear the flushing. To you, they're making calls to you. No, not not to me. I don't give out my number at the airport. That's one place I won't so, do it. Why do you even answer, Dale? Just let it go to voicemail. I don't understand. I, I don't understand. Do you, are you talking about a wide stance, that that thing? No, okay. no there's no signals. Good. <laughs> Not, nothing like that. No, I'm, I don't right. touch the phone okay, because yeah, you're good. in that environment. No, don't. But Just, the other people, the guy's on there and he's saying, I, I, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. Just, I can come. I have a car. I can come to you. Tell me where you are. <laughs> Tell me, I know I have a car. Where do you want me to be? Dale, you're not going to sit and tell me that's not you. That is you. <laughs> it is There's a guy from Texas. He said, when are you going to be back in Dallas? I'll just see you then. It's hard to talk to you here. It's hard to talk because, I don't know, this other person. Yeah, Can you text? I'm not like that. I'm not but like so this that. is for people like this other guy, though, that enjoy spending time this, in the toilet that, and doing things. And they want to advance themselves. You know, right. some studies some studies have said that the average American spends 100% of their time on the toilet. <laughs> and, that one guy had to be cut off. You could get, did you know, 50 PhDs. <laughs> wow. If all you did was get one every... 2,500 times you went to the bathroom. Wow. You know, yeah, you, I man, see. So, so earn your MBA on the toilet. It's a business parody, and we love it. It basically <laughs> follows the MBA uh, uh, curriculum. And, and, and also, just like any of our subjects, I mean, uh, I mean, we loved the concept anyways, but, I mean, what better time to write a business parody book? I mean, we have Occupy, and we are the 1%, and we have sure. the crash. And, uh, and you a lot of people out of work. A lot of people are working to capitalize on this I'm time. I'm not joking about that. 
No, no, no. And I, I would, I'm not saying <laughs> no, that. I'm not are. saying that you are. No, no, no. That's good, good you good you save that for the other things we talked about. But, but the uh, the fact is that this is an opportunity for people. One, whether you're out of work, yeah. whether you're in work, you just want to better yourself. You're not going to take more or less dumps based on your work status. That's right. And this is a, a moment, and I'm always looking for these yeah. in life. These little times where we can just apply our creative energies uh-huh. uh, to a better, to better ourselves and to better the world around us. And certainly more people with MBAs would make this world a beautiful place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I dream of that. So there's a diploma in the back, and it's it's origamiable too, which is nice. So you can fold it into a stormtrooper head. And so there's many books. The book is meant to be ripped to pieces, um, and there is there's sort of you know you can pull the cord at the beginning if it's not your thing. You just push the book between your legs, and it'll go down into the bowl, into the water. It's meant for and it that. just dissolves. And you don't do anything. It yeah. will well, it won't dissolve. It will <laughs> soak up water. But if you're at an airport. Yeah, you know, you're on the phone. Let's say studying, yeah. and uh, you're calling Dale. You know, yeah. and, and you know, Dale's in the stall next to you. You know, you, and, and you say, "This isn't, you know, this isn't for me." You just you shove it right in the bowl, <laughs> cover it up with a little mound of toilet paper, go out into your yard, set up a, a tent, and, and camp in your yard for a couple of weeks. I mean, you you or just camp out there at the airport, exactly. wherever you are, as long as you have the, the tent. Airport has tons of space. And they won't touch you. They can't. They can't. Why? Because it's technically a reservation. It is. It is. That's true. Well, you shouldn't be laughing then, because the Indians. Uh, I, I don't want to go they, into that. They struggled. Mm-hmm. That's another topic that we can get into. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally ill, check. Unemployed, check. And Native Americans. No, and right. We've covered it. I. You certainly are no Patch no, Adams. No, I'm not. <laughs> when I'm it not. comes to this. But you are. It's now it's you, it's the Mime Troop, and Robin Williams. That's all that's left here. That's right. Right? You're well, really actually, there? you know, I know there's a younger scene here. I just don't quite know. I, I mean, I used to be very compulsive about seeing everything, too. I wasn't just right. doing it. I was, like, painfully compulsive. Um, so I knew everything. Now I really don't. And I bet you there's great stuff going on here. I'm sure there is. Just teasing. I know there's a lot of people. Because young people write to me all the time. Do they? And they seek advice or a range of topics, as you can imagine. Yeah. And uh, I know some of them are based out here. Many in Hayward, where I used to live. Uh, so we wish all of them well. Now, you had a podcast for a while. Yeah. I keep hitting refresh. <laughs> what happened to that? Well, we, we just put something up in the... Uh... In November of '08, when did you refresh it last? <laughs> oh, that must have been it. You know, must I, have been I'm October. Be honest, one of the things that we do is once we find that something is really working, we totally abandon it. I mean, and I, <laughs> I don't know why that is. I mean, Jacobus, we, that Jacobus was kind of like that. That's the podcast, right. were like that. yeah, yeah. There, there were, and so I don't know if it's that we get bored to Craigslist, you know. So we kind of do that. We just kind of do our thing, and then. The, and then we just move on. I don't know if we get bored or You're what. You're just always leaving them wanting more, but to, the, to an extreme. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's called negligence. But, but no, so recently what we've been doing is doing news, because we used to do some news bits for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Now we've started doing regular news pieces for Bullseye, which, which is Jesse Thorne's right, sure. show. And, the previous, and he's a friend or something from uh, yes, way from back. Yes, from Santa Cruz. And okay. so, so this was previously the Sound Gun. And right now, so Bulls, so now we're doing regular news, like monthly news pieces for them, and that's like our podcast. But I can't give you a good reason why we, you know, aren't more systematic. 
That's that's okay. We all have our own path. That's fine. Uh, and you, are you going to perform anywhere? Yeah, soon? I think we'll do some. You know, with right at this very moment, the live stuff is a, a little hard on the kind of family. You know, with the kids and sure. everything. So we're doing more. So you know, the the writing is kind of banker's hours more. We will probably do something with Sketchfest. Um, the last couple of years, when we haven't been doing full sets, we've done uh, do- fake docent tours at the um, uh, Academy of Sciences, and uh, so we've done them in the African Hall and in the uh, um, aquarium. Where we will lead tours as part of their comedy night there for Sketchfest. So I imagine, hopefully, you now we've been wanting them to let us into the planetarium, uh-huh. and they last year they said they were fine. And I don't blame them because it's I don't know how much the plan a planetarium costs. No one does. No. <laughs> right. So one of the great mysteries it, that have plagued civilization. It's a price that's higher than you let a comedy troupe play with it, I guess. <laughs> but we're trying to get at the planetarium or something because we want to go back to the Academy of Sciences. And then mm-hmm. when we're, you know, when the kids have gone into group homes, we will um, go back to doing. We really freed up to shows, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to put the to put the suits back on and get in there. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's fantastic. And, of course, it's at CasperHauser.com. That's right. If we're, you can get to all these different avenues of uh, yeah, it's, comedic it's, exploration there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, The rest of the boys are doing okay. They're, They're doing fun. great. And we'll be, we're talking, you know, we're, we'll probably do some touring and, and some publicity and book shows, et cetera, for the, for the NBA book, which will be out in May. And so I would look for us to do a little bit of traveling then, too, and, and more digital stuff as well. So we're, you like being out on the road? I do. I really do. I, I, I especially the Sky Mall tour. That was my favorite of all time. Yeah. I think. And, um, yeah, I have very fond memories of that. It's like a PowerPoint thing that you do, right? Yeah, right. So for that one, we had written a whole, uh, you know, sort of retrofitted show for right. Sky Mall. Right. But coming down from Seattle to Portland, you know, and just getting into your hotel, I just I love that. It's the life, isn't it? It is. If you have a hotel like this, it's the life. <laughs> well, I, uh, you never know who's going to show up in my hotel room. <laughs> but I'm glad it was you. <laughs> well, we had I'm some glad. fun. Well, listen, I got to do a little business, but thank okay. you for uh, thanks for being here. Thank you very and, much. Because uh, I got a show coming up. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Thursday, November 15th. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. And uh, uh, my guests are going to be Abby Crutchfield, mm-hmm. great comedian, mm-hmm. and uh, she's one of the top eighteen people to follow on Twitter or something. Wow! Yeah, that's not. There's a lot of people and in there. There are. So you think you just take the top eighteen? Have you been on there on Twitter? Uh-huh. I I jump in every now and again. <laughs> that's huge. 18's huge. You do that at all still? We you? used to. Then it started and going then, really well. And you said, "Well, time to back away." That's right. I'm that. <laughs> Well, I'm still middling, so it's fine for yeah. me to continue. Well, almost 8,000 tweets now. Wow, that's great. I don't know if that's great. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm not sure that. And then my other guest is going to be Lisa Gorenson. Alicia Gorenson. Mm. Uh, she's a, a great act, actor, actress. I don't know they anymore. Say people say, people say actor. And uh, she's been on Damages, Fringe, and of course, some people remember from Roseanne. Mm-hmm. She Becky on that program. Wow. And so we're going to have a nice time talking. And that's down at Film Biz Recycling at 540 President Street between 3rd and 4th Avenues. You can take many trains there. These are underground trains uh-huh. now, you understand? Uh-huh. Yeah. We call it the subway. Uh-huh. And uh, they're all back up and running, I think. Maybe the L's a little tricky, but uh, you don't need the L. Just the R, the G, or the F. You have a nice walk across the Gowanus. Uh, 
and breathe in the fine air that's there and uh, uh, come on down. It's 8 o'clock. Music by Steve O'Reilly. It's free. There's beer. Have some fun. That'd be great. My thanks to Film Biz for letting me host their auction. I did that just the other night mm. and before coming out here. And it was a, a great time. And I bought a box of X-rated goodies. <laughs> you know, you try and help somebody out. You say, wow, 150. And nobody else, nobody else right. jumps in. Right. I got a, a box of plastic dogs. I don't know what to do with uh, So I should have brought them out here. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, uh, look for that on Thursday, and then uh, we got uh, some other shows in the works, but this has just been a treat to have you up here, and I appreciate it. And uh, till next time, well, it's a sad, it's sad, this one. Usually, I always say till next time what I'm going to do, and this time I have to dismantle my Mitt Romney wind chimes. Yeah. They played, of course, the great Take, take the Money and Run, Steve Miller, man. <laughs> I gotta take those down. But now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. <laughs>